game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen. Preseason around the corner here, EA. Jets Falcons, MetLife Stadium. Later on in the show, we're going to talk with Dan Graza. He's the new Jets pre- and post-game personality on ESPN Radio. But right now, EA, burning hot off the stove. Fans want to know who is going to take snaps under center. Todd Bull said all three of them have to be ready to play. So that means Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, and, of course, Sam Darnold. Now, what the quarterback rotation is going to be and how that actually looks Friday night at MetLife Stadium, we don't know yet, Greens. Remember last year, if there's any frame of reference, Josh McCown played a series and then he was done for the ball game in the preseason opener against the Titans. Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold got the majority of reps heading into this game. That wouldn't be the case if McCown was the starter for a regular season game, but this is the preseason, and you should expect anything. But I would anticipate both Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold getting a lot of work. Coach Bowl said, if you're dressed, you should be ready to go. And he also said that he was excited to see everybody. I mean, I think that fans forget that it's been Yeah, it's a measuring stick December. for everybody. But I think he was. He said it's a measuring stick for everybody. And I would say Greens, too. Josh McCown, consummate pro. He said, this is my 17th training camp. I understand the situation. You've got a young guy who needs experience. You also have a young guy who is new to the system, so he needs experience in the system as well. So McCown... Uh, you couldn't ask for a better team player. Right, and McCown didn't play a whole lot last year in the preseason. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Jets opened up the preseason against the Titans at MetLife, and McCown played one series, and then Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty then split the rest of the game. I don't actually remember what happened at the end of that game, but uh, I know McCown departed after Series 1. Right. Yeah, yep. that, that, that was my point being is that, like you said, McCown's been around the block. He doesn't need a whole lot of reps. He understands the situation, like you said. And he wants to play. I mean, bottom line, dude's a gamer. He loves going out here. Well, yeah, he, he, he said that he, too. If we played two-on-two two right now and we needed a fourth, he'd be playing basketball with us until they turn off the lights. Oh, without a doubt. Well, one time we were tossing a football at the facility just after work, and Josh just threw one to us and then went back. He came out, threw one, went back in. You know, when I was down in Florida on the Teddy Bridgewater shoot, he told me that he only played one high school basketball game, made a couple steals, made a couple foul shots, and then at the end he called it a career. How about that? <laughs> okay. That, and, then that's that's, and then speaking of basketball on One Judge Drive, we also saw Sam Darnold draining. And Josh McCown. Right, but Darnold uh, draining some uh, long range. Yeah, I, I wonder who would win a game on one-on-one. Oh, I don't know. But I'll take McCown and Horse. He's a wily, savvy vet, and he probably knows a little bit oh, more yeah. a little more tricks, I would say, you know? Oh, I would say so, without a doubt. But before we bring Dan Graz on the show, what can you tell fans or what do you think fans should be expecting out of this team on Friday night? Because everyone, including the players, are going to be really excited. It's the first time that you're putting on pads, hitting someone else since last December, January. 
you know, in NFL terms, the first preseason game, you don't really see a whole lot of starters. So what should fans be expecting? What should they be excited for? The anticipation for this game, I think a lot of the young guys will get butterflies because there's a number of people on this roster who have never played in an NFL game. If the starters are in, they won't be in long. You're going to see them on the sidelines early in this ball game. We've been so locked up here at One Jets Drive, no pun intended. I haven't even looked at the Atlanta papers because this is not a regular season game, so I don't even know if they have any plans for Matt Ryan. I would tell you, if Matt Ryan plays or gets more than a couple plays, I'd be shocked because what you use the preseason for is an evaluation of all your guys because who is going to make the roster and Guys who have performed well on the practice field, you want to see how they take it and then transition under the lights, and they are, are they able to succeed. So individual evaluations are very important. And then on a macro level, you want to play clean. You don't want to see a lot of penalties. The Jets have been doing push-ups in camp when either side, if an offensive player uh, commits a penalty, the rest of the offensive group does push-ups, just like if a defensive player commits a penalty, the rest of his defensive Minus group. Minus the player that committed the penalty. Correct. So you, you want to see the Jets start good habits, situational football. Okay, so if you're in the red zone, converting with touchdowns, winning the turnover battles, playing clean, executing, doing all the little things. That starts now. After we check in with Graza, we're going to talk more Jets-Falcons, a couple players that we're excited to see hit the field. But right now, let's meet the new ESPN personality pre- and post-game for the Jets, Dan Graza. All right, Dan. So let's just kick things off here with you telling the audience a bit about yourself and the road you took professionally to get here. And I know you grew up a Jets fan, so I guess some of your top Jets memories growing up. Well, you know, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. It's a thrill to be here. And Why do you get the elevated seat, man? <laughs> I feel like a guest in my own home. EA blowing the cover here. I mean, they can't see that we don't that I have the elevated seat. I don't know. This is where they put me. I'm the new guy. But, uh, no, but thanks for having me anyways. And isn't it great that we just have football again, right? That the season's finally yeah. here. We have our game Friday night against the Atlanta Falcons. But, yeah, this is a real thrill for me. You know, when I had the opportunity to possibly be in line to get this gig once it opened up, after the great Don LaGreca decided to step down after all these years. Yeah. And now he's got extra family responsibilities with the new twins on the way. So we wanted to have some more time at home. And, you know, once this became an opportunity for me, it was something that I really wanted to pursue. And, you know, I think, Ethan, I told you in the past, you know, I'm a long time, or I was, I should say, a long time Jets season ticket holder for almost two decades with my family. And it's always been in my blood. And even as I've, you know, kind of graduated to being in the business and doing radio and television and stuff like that, I've always, you know, kept a special place for the Jets, keeping an eye on them, of course. And now to be able to be working for them, it really is a dream opportunity. So, Dan, pre and post game, ESPN Radio, Friday night it all starts yep. against Atlanta, like you mentioned, MetLife. Where are you going to be situated? What time do you go on the air? And then what time does post game pick up immediately after? Uh, immediately the after the game, yeah. And and, and it'll be Greg Buttle and myself. We do the post-game show, and this is how we do all the home games. We're going to be down in that coaches club down there in MetLife Stadium. So all the fans that have access to the club obviously filter in after the game, and they can see us do the post-game show right there live. And in the pregame, again, 
again, you'll have access to us. We're set up. We have a nice stage set up there at MetLife Stadium, right outside there at the 50-yard line where they have like the football field set up and all that stuff. Eric Coleman's going to be joining us for the preseason as well, Good doing stuff. three games. Watch out for his arms, well, man. Oh my God! How about that? Those, are, those things are the size of like small children for crying out loud. But you know, I got a couple of defensive players. I got a linebacker and I got a hard-hitting safety. Yeah. I got to watch myself there, but. Pre-game show for the uh, preseason games, we come on an hour before. So we'll come on the air at 6.30 on Friday night. Regular season, of course, we're two hours before. So a little bit extra access. And, yeah, ready to get it going, guys. As a former season ticket holder, do you have a favorite player or players? Well, I, I mean, growing, I was obviously, you know, when I was a little bit younger, you know, when you were more still the fan and, you know, before you got into the business. But my first favorite player, if you will, and I guess I would still say he was – my favorite player of all time was Al Toon. And it was unfortunate that his career was cut as short as it was because of the concussions and the head injuries. And, you know, he only played like seven, eight years. But my goodness, if he had stayed healthy and had a longer career, and who's to say? I mean, he probably would be in Canton, Ohio, because the guy was as talented as really any wide receiver that was playing during those days. A smooth wide receiver, oh. uh, uh, quite a gentleman. Yep. What do you think about these Jets receivers? So, you know, Jermaine Curse came in here nine days before the regular season. Last year, acquired in a trade with the Seattle Seahawks. He established some career highs. Robbie Anderson probably should have had 1,000 yards receiving right. if Josh McCown doesn't go down in week 13. And then Quincy Inunua's back in the mix. And then you add a big guy like Terrell Pryor, a, a guy who we watched at training camp practice this week. Dan, he posterized uh, Jets cornerback. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even going to bring up his name because the guys had a, a very good camp. But 6'5", 225, uh, he was doing some real interesting things in Cleveland a couple years ago. Obviously, a little bit uh, injury-plagued last year in Washington. Absolutely. And, and to me, he's the wild card. He and Quincy Anunu, I think, because Quincy didn't play last year. And it's funny, you talk to different people, and whenever you bring up the Jets doing shows or whatnot, I, I think that that's one area of the football team that I don't think people are talking about enough. And I'm glad that you brought it up because I really think that this is an X factor part of that offense. I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have maybe come across the statistic. The Jets are the only team in the NFL with four guys that have had at least an 800-yard receiving season. You said that you think that this group isn't talked about enough, let's say, in the eyes of the media, nationally, in the market, whatever. What are you expecting from this group, whether it is a certain rookie quarterback under center or a certain Wiley vet? or a certain someone in between. I think that there's depth there, right? And you need that in the NFL because, you know, look, over the last several years, the NFL has kind of morphed into a pass-happy league, right? I mean, we know that. So the fact that you have multiple guys, and even, you know, Chad Hansen had a very good spring. I want to see him carry that over into the preseason here and then to make a little bit more progress in year number two. We know that our Darius Stewart is not going to be around the first couple of games here, but another year of growth for him. I like the different matchups that they're going to be able to throw out there to opposing teams because you have different skill sets with the, with, with the set of receivers that they have. I said a couple of guys are better suited to maybe go down the field. A couple of guys, you know, Quincy's not afraid to go over the middle, play in the slot. Jermaine Curse, that prototypical possession receiver. I like the variety that they bring to the game. You are in the media, Dan. What did you take from uh, Jamal Adams' Bleacher Report interview? Uh, a Q&A where uh, he was asked about it after practice this week where he said, hey, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but maybe uh, maybe a couple guys in the locker room weren't going as much as they should have been. Maybe they weren't putting everything into it, the 2017 Jets. 
I thought it was pretty telling. I was even talking about this last night on my show on uh, ESPN Radio, as a matter of fact. And, and I, I like that attitude. I like that spirit because it is all about changing the culture, right? When you haven't been winning as much as the Jets have in recent years, yeah, you need to change things. Something has to be different. But if Jamal Adams is going to say something like that, and don't get me wrong, I love it. I, I love that fire. I like that attitude. But now you put the onus on your shoulders, meaning him. Sure. All right. If you're going to make comments like that, then it's going to be incumbent upon you to come out here and elevate your game to another level. And remember what he said at the end of last year, guys. This is the last Pro Bowl that I don't make. Remember he said that. So I expect to see a Pro Bowl caliber safety in year number two. And not just Jamal Adams. You know, more growth from Darren Lee, Leonard Williams. These are all former first-round picks. Sure. What you have on that defense it's going to be incumbent upon them to lead the charge. I think he really wants to be a leader on this team. I think he embraces that. Um, I don't think you're going to be hearing too many more comments like that about the 2018 Jets. But I think he does respect Todd Bowles. I think they all believe that there is a good chemistry developing here right. with a lot of young guys with some veteran acquisitions. So I think the feeling in that room is good. I think last year was probably an eye-opener for any rookie who comes from LSU where you know, Dan, if you're a Tiger and you go 7-6, and six, that's an awful season and people are losing their jobs. You know, the only way it's going to change is by example. So you can, you know, be braggadocious and you could talk a good game and all that stuff, but you got to go prove it on Sundays. you got to prove it out on the field. And, look, you're starting to see. It's not a one-year plan. It's not a two-year plan. You knew that this was not going to happen overnight, and you're starting to see the fruits of that, I think, with this 2018 team, you know, with the different personnel that has been ushered into this program. They should be better this year, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I don't, we're not going to say crazy things like Super Bowl because you don't go from, you know, where this team was last year with all these new pieces and then expect, you know, pie in the sky, such lofty expectations. But I would be surprised if this team is not improved here in 2008. And I would argue the jump from five wins to nine or ten wins is nowhere near as significant as the jump is from eight wins to a 11 or 12 wins. I agree. I agree. The hardest yeah. thing to do, right, in this league is to go from mediocre to top-notch. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the NFL. The NFL is a league which prides itself on parity. Right, the, the way it's designed, they want teams that weren't good one year to be good the next year. What's the turnover reach in every year? What's the turnover rate with the playoffs? It's like five or six teams who weren't in the playoffs one year make it the next. I mean, we went through a, a spell there where I think it was like two consecutive seasons. Off the top of my head, it was the, uh, the Colts with Andrew Luck, the Chiefs the next year. They went from the first pick in the draft to the playoffs yeah. in one year. So why not? You know what I mean? Things can happen in this league, but... Got to take it. One and I do, and I'm sorry, Greens, because I'm, as Dan speaks, so many things come to my mind. The AFC is a weaker conference than NFC yes. by far. It's not even close. I want I want to bring things in for a minute here because the Jets play the Falcons Friday night. This is the first time that the New York Jets will be taking the field since January mm. against an opponent. This is a culmination of about six months, more than six months. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Who are you excited to see on the field? And it, it could be someone that that's like a big ticket or it could be someone that's maybe had a good camp and you're saying, oh, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see how he plays under the lights. Let me just say this first about the opponent, the Falcons. I understand it's preseason, so we're not going to see all of their starters and whatnot. And we saw them last year in that game at the Monsoon in the Meadowlands, <laughs> which, which the Jets let get away. I thought they yes, should have won that did. game. But other, uh, uh, on the other hand, this Falcons team, it would not shock me, by the way, if they're in the Super Bowl. 
I think when the preseason rolls around, uh, really as I've always viewed it each and every season, you're excited to see the guys who weren't in the uniform the previous year. So naturally you start with the rookies. And when you have a guy who is the number three pick in the draft and the so-called face of the franchise or soon to be face of the franchise in Sam Darnold, he tops the list for me, right? We want to see him out there. I don't care if he's even starting the game. I want to see him in that green and white, want to see him playing against another team and how he fares. I get it that it's preseason and we're going to have to temper our expectations, but, you know, guys like Sam Darnold, I want to see Chris Herndon, who's had a phenomenal camp. You know, Nathan Shepard on that defensive line. Let's see him, you know, this is not going to be Fort Hay State in Division II football here when the Atlanta Falcons line up against him. And some of the other new acquisitions, of course, in free agency. You know, the Tremaine Johnsons of the world, who we know they paid a pretty penny to go get. You expect him to be an impact player. The reps are going to be minimized because it's preseason, but still, it's going to be good to see them out there in the green and white. Okay, Dan, so quarterback, yeah. reps. Uh, how do you think Todd Bowles approaches this week? Because totally different situation this year with Teddy Bridgewater and aforementioned Darnold compared to Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people about that too. You know, guys who are around the team, follow the team, and as to what they could expect from that. And the sense that I get is that Josh McCown, you might see him a little bit more than you saw him last year in the preseason. As you said, he, you know, he was on a milk carton pretty much in the month of August. You never saw the guy at all. But we know the coach likes to keep things close to the vest. He's not going to divulge his plans. I would at least think, and this is just me, I'm not the coach of the team. You know, I don't want that job. That, 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 that's out of my pay grade. But obviously Sam Darnold is going to get quite a healthy look because what is this training camp all about, at least at the most important position of the game? Your prized possession here, your rookie, your soon-to-be face of the franchise, is he ready to take the reins over of this offense right now? That's number one. The wild card to me is Teddy Bridgewater, and not even so much a wild card really for this team, but all right, we know that Teddy almost ended his foot or had his football career come to an end because of that injury. That was a serious injury, all right? And I know he had a cameo appearance last year in a Viking uniform. It was great to see him back out there on the field, and he looks good so far here in training camp, but... I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's safe to say he's not part of the Jets' plans long-term, is he not? I mean, that's why they have Sam Darnold and they drafted him third overall. Teddy Bridgewater could go out there and prove that he's healthy, that he's close to being the guy that he once was as a former first-round pick, a guy who took the Vikings to the playoffs. That becomes a chip. That becomes an asset for the Jets that they could showcase around the NFL because you guys know this. Everybody needs quarterback at some point or another. They need help. And... God forbid somebody goes down in another camp. Guess what? Mike McCagnan's phone's going to ring, and they're going to say, what do you need for Teddy Bridgewater? Think about, what guys, what the Vikings paid to get Sam, Sam Bradford. Bradford when <laughs> Teddy went down. They gave a first-round pick for Sam Bradford, and nobody's sitting here saying that Bradford's an elite quarterback in the NFL. No. I'm just saying, though, the potential is there to maybe recoup here and get a little bit stronger well, in that What department. EA didn't tell you is that the high seat that Dan is sitting in is also the hot seat. So off the top of your head here, yeah. one, do you believe, because there's a hot button topic that mm -hmm. you brought up, is Teddy Bridgewater on the final 53-man roster? And then two is, if there is a team that you believe would be in the market for a quarterback, if God forbid their starter went down, who are some of the teams that come to mind? Well, I, I think it's going to be the second one. I'll start with the second one first. That's going to be difficult only because we have to see how camp progresses here in the preseason. I mean, we, we might not be talking about a team right now, but let's say their starting quarterback who is, you know, immovable from the number one job. If, God forbid, he goes down with an injury, that changes the complexion dramatically. So we have to see that play out. And we don't want to see anybody get hurt, all right, first and foremost. The league is better when their stars are playing as a whole, apart from just here with the Jets. 
Will Teddy be on this roster when it's all said and done? I think that that's going to be incumbent upon the other two quarterbacks, whether that's Sam, whether that's Josh McCown. And do I have some wood here? I'm going to knock on wood. If everybody is healthy, I think that the Jets are going to field offers definitely to see what they can get for a Teddy Bridgewater if he's coveted by another team and if he plays well. Here's what I'll say. He's had a strong camp. I think he's gotten better every day on the practice field. I really do. You're seeing him getting more and more comfortable. He is 100% healthy uh, from him talking. He says, I'm back. Todd Bowles has been really impressed by his recovery and what he's been able to do on the practice field. And what we've seen of late is Josh McCown taking that step back, at least in practice, because Todd Bowles wants to give a longer look at both Darnold and Bridgewater. I believe Greens, and I've been saying this since the beginning of this whole deal, you could see any one of these three guys on the field to start with that offensive unit in the Motor City against the Detroit Lions. I think any three of these guys could start week one. I mean, maybe, maybe the fans out there don't realize how significant an injury that he suffered. I mean, it, he almost lost his leg. Like, I mean, that, that, that's how serious it was. So the fact that we're sitting here talking about a guy possibly winning a starting quarterback job is something really phenomenal. But I'll ask you guys this question, something else that also came up on my show last night. If Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback week one, like you said, and if he, let's just say he plays the entire season, Jets win eight games, nine games, challenge for a playoff spot. There's a good probability that Teddy Bridgewater is still going to be playing elsewhere in 2019 because Sam Darnold is here. I think, it'd be, uh, listen, if that happened, I don't necessarily think that would be a bad problem to have either because Teddy Bridgewater is 25 years old. Uh, this is the fifth professional season, and you do have Darnold under team control for what, how many years, five years? But if he goes out and has a great season, yeah. you're going to really be able to pony up starting quarterback money? to be able to keep him here long-term because you know that there'll be another team out there that is willing to open up the coffer. Before we let you go here, mm -hmm. where can fans follow you on social media? Uh, on Twitter, that's, I'm not an Instagram guy, not a Facebook guy. I guess MySpace isn't around anymore, right? No, that's, that's a thing no I don't past. think MySpace is around. <laughs> I don't think half the people you just talk to know what MySpace is. Uh, no, I, uh, Twitter though, at Dan Grassa, it's G-R-A-C-A, at Dan Grassa, you can find me on Twitter. All Looking right. forward to interacting with Jeff fans. Something that I brought up to Graza that I want to get your take on. Can we call him Graza when he comes back the next time? I kind of like that better than Dan. Yeah. We maybe, maybe we'll just call him, or Graz, maybe? Graz, okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's got a strong radio it, voice. He does, he does. Kind of reminds me of shoes, and they're, they're in, a, a, you know, they have different um, inflections. Yes. It, but... He's got the booming voice. Yes, You he know does. when he walks in a building. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Especially with a last name like Graza. Graza. Yes. All right. <laughs> Something that I asked him that I want to ask you is who are a couple players or one player, however many you really want, without listing the whole 90 here, because I figure that you'd be excited to see most players, is that who are a couple guys that you want to pinpoint that you're excited to see what they do under the lights with pads, MetLife Stadium, Friday, Atlanta Falcons, New York Jets. Well, Chris Hurdens had a good camp, and we talked to Anthony Becht about him. He said, hey, Chris Hurdens popped to me. Then Jason Witten, by the way, Jason Witten is a monstrous man. He is a big dude. Like, I'm like, I watch him on TV, and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's a good tight end, solid, 
Prosper Hall of Famer, but the thing that stood out to me when Winton walked by, he's twice the size of me. And not that um, <laughs> not that I'm a big human being, but I think I'm a normal size male. And I'm pissed off that we didn't get Winton to sit down because I look like a little kid. It, <laughs> fortunately, he was a very nice man. Uh, but he talked about he, he is huge though. He is he is a monster. No wonder why Romo threw the ball to him that, all the that's time. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Hey, yeah. By the way, Romo, you got lucky you had this guy <laughs> on, on your team for that many years. You know, uh went went to Tennessee. So I asked him about the tight end position just to you know, see well, you know, his general observations and he 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 had some glowing remarks about Herndon. So that's number one, because I trust what uh, former players see because sometimes... But as a former Gator, do you trust what, what a Vol has to say? Hell yeah, it's a great rivalry. Then, Wayne Corbett was taken in practice the other day. He's come to a few of this mm -hmm. uh, training camp with his son, who is actually uh, playing outside linebacker for good for him. So, Corbett was looking at the other side of the ball and they were talking about things. He also said, I like Herndon. So, so he's got the trifecta in his, yeah, back, in his corner. Yeah, so it, it, let's go there. And then on... The defensive side of the ball, how about Frankie Luvu? The other day, he got first-team reps. And I know that's kind of the norm for the Jets here in training camp the past two seasons where they keep on mixing it, matching at the outside linebacker position. But Kevin Green likes him. He's got a tremendous motor. Uh, and KG told me the other day when we were talking to him, he's just a football player. Okay. And, and, and Luvu is going to get a lot of run. Now, he's a guy who's going to have to battle for a roster spot. So, two different guys, but two, two guys who I think both should probably get a lot of playing time against Atlanta. Two things. One is, I've actually been to Knoxville. Okay. Gus's cheesesteak's phenomenal. I talked to Charles Davis of NFL Network about that. Phenomenal cheesesteak, putting that out there. If you're ever in Knoxville. I'd probably go to Philly if I was going to get a cheesesteak. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. But the people like Gus has said, you got to try a cheesesteak. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. Okay. Two is Frankie Luvu has a phenomenal head of hair. Yeah, he does. At first, I, I thought, whoa, is Leonard Williams wearing a different jersey? Because when, you, when you're looking at what's coming out of the helmet, yeah. you just see fluff. No. And then I realized it's Frankie Luvu. Yeah. All right. But my answer, all right, who am I excited to see? One is this might be the obvious answer. But I'm excited to see Trenton Cannon because that's not obvious. Well, he's, he's, he's just been like a good. Uh, he's been talked about a lot at camp. I was trying to think of a dark horse guy, but I'm excited to see Trenton Cannon because I want to see how he can return kicks and punts if he gets a chance to do both of those. I believe Andre Roberts is listed as the top man at, on the depth chart. Unofficial depth chart Unofficial provided depth by chart. the Jets communications department, and I would say not only has Cannon been talked about a lot, Green, he's getting a lot of run right yeah. he is i mean if you you charted training camp we've been out there well, i don't know 10 of 11 practices he probably has had more attempts with the football than anybody on the field true absolutely or false i would say true okay and him and george atkinson are really leading the charge there okay so i, I anticipate both those guys getting a lot of run oh ga number 34 but i want to see trenton cannon because we see the speed at Rutgers. And whatnot, but I want to see what it's like against someone else. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I want to see Bones Jones, Derek Bones Jones, oh, against okay. a different team because he's someone that flashed early at camp. He had a couple picks in seven on seven, team drills. One of them was called out of bounds. I want to see how he matches up against 
the Atlanta Falcons receiver. And on that note, I'm excited to see on the uh, for the Falcons. Nobody Calvin asked. Ridley. Nobody asked. No, nope. you're excited to but see the, out But this Atlanta. is the beauty of a podcast. Calvin Ridley. I want to see Calvin Ridley in person. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Friday's going to be something because we're going to be covering the locker room, get some one-on-ones, do a little post-game rundown, and then I'll be boarding a bus with the rest of the fellows and uh, get a, get on a plane, be a, in Richmond by about three o'clock Saturday morning get a day off, and then it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll be in Richmond, Jets, Redskins practices, which uh, will be fascinating. Only the second time I've been here 18 years. This is only the second time the Jets have practiced with another team during my tenure. I, have, I would have to go back to Herman Edwards' days as head coach when Herm sounded the horn at 4.30 in the morning when we are all staying at Hofstra, to get on a bus, and we bust up to Albany, and of course the guys weren't too happy when they got there, and the Giants had some talkers on their own side, and Jeremy <laughs> Shockey was never one to turn anything down, and yeah, before you know it, a couple brouhaha's, and uh, whatever. That and was then fireworks. Th yeah, that was an interesting day, but uh, three days, I think you're going to get a lot of constructive work down there, but... It is going fast. I don't know who I talked to about this the other day as a former player. Is that we just get to a point here where you're just going to have a couple days and then it's going to be a game. A couple days, practices with the Redskins. You play there. You're already two weeks into the preseason. Halfway through the preseason schedule, you come back. You got that Giants game. And who knows when Todd Bowles is going to name a starting quarterback. He said the other day, I possibly could name one after week four. Well, shoot, he could possibly name one after week three of the preseason. We don't know. We're going crazy here. Regardless, Jets, Falcons, that's all you need to know for now. EA and I will be in Richmond next week covering the team when they go practice the Washington Redskins and then play next Thursday. But again, Jets, Falcons, Friday night. You can catch it on CBS. You can catch it on NewYorkJets.com and NFL Network. But for now, the official Jets podcast is out.